Guys, I have some friends who have a company called Simply Earth, and it's an essential oil recipe box company. And I was always super confused by essential oils until I partnered up with them. And they have eliminated all the confusion, and they help make the air in my home toxin-free. It'll do the same for you. But most importantly, this is a company that is about a greater cause not just helping make the air in your home toxin-free, they donate 13% of their profits to help end human trafficking. They actually came up with that number 13, inspired by one of my songs, Next Thing You Know. So there's a real personal connection with this company. They're mission-minded, and they're helping to end human trafficking. And when you buy your essential oils from them, you get to take part in that fight against trafficking, which is a big deal. The company's called Simply Earth, and here's what happens. You get a Simply Earth essential oil recipe box that helps you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils. You're going to receive the recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. You learn how to use your essential oils while making the recipes that are created by certified aromatherapists. I want to become a certified aromatherapist. That's a nice title. You save money and you detoxify your life. Plus, you buy for a company from a company that's changing the world. 13% of their profits go to end human trafficking. This is like a meal subscription kit, but it's way more fun and it's going to detoxify your home and you're going to help change other people's lives. So here's what I want you to do. Remember this, the essential oils alone would cost over $100 from other companies, but with the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four pure oils, six recipes, and extra ingredients for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more natural goodies. It's never been easier to use essential oils. You got to sign up. And when you sign up with Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com slash west. Again, that's simplyearth.com slash west. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. And as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. I'm wearing a special shirt for a special reason. I'm not sure if you recognize this logo, but it's old school Chicago Cubs. And my guest today shares my love of the Chicago Cubs because we both grew up in Illinois. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about more interesting stuff than, than that. But you just had to know the why of this shirt today. Um, first, I'm so excited that our spring, our spring tour, our fall tour is right around the corner. We're getting excited to head out on the road. Love for you to come and join me on the My Story, Your Glory Tour. Select amount of dates taking place. Our special guest is my good buddy, Micah Tyler, who we've had on the podcast before. This is going to be epic. So I think there's only 20 cities this fall, so be sure to come and see us. Also, there's been a handful of Christmas dates that have gone on sale, and uh, that's a totally different kind of concert that we're really excited to bring to, again, a select amount of cities. So um, not doing as many concerts here towards the end of the year as we normally might do. So be sure to come and see us. Go to MatthewWest.com slash tour for all of the information on that. And uh, let's dive into today's show. My guest today, you know, if we have a segment on our show called Songs from the Story House, right? And it's usually a very short segment. 
but I was thinking I wanted to pepper in some guests who um, who work in the music industry with me and who are just incredibly successful and incredibly talented and giving you guys a chance to kind of see inside um, the music making process and hear from some of the best about why they do Christian music and what they're all about. And so today's guest is a writer and producer. He's one of the top songwriters and producers in all of Christian music, a uh, former band member of mine as well. And uh, you're going to love this conversation today. So let's go to the story house with the BMI songwriter of the year, Jeff Pardo. Today, we get to welcome to the story house a good friend of mine, the uh, happens to be the BMI Songwriter of the Year, uh, Billboard's top Christian producer of the year, I believe, currently. Or did you get not 2022? So ouch, it'll, ouch. you know, so 2023, it'll not probably so much. be. It'll probably be somebody else. Uh, he's also the reason why I'm wearing this shirt today, a Chicago Cubs shirt, Cubs. because he shares my affinity for all things Chicago sports, but also takes it to uh, dangerous extremes. Yes. And so um, good friend of mine. We're going to get to talk about music <clears throat> and all the things today. Mr. Jeff Pardo is here. Round of applause. <laughs> Listen to that. Thank you. Thank you. It's you good to that? be here. Yes, that I hear that. It sounds like the first uh, several years of my concerts. <laughs> Just my mother applauding in the background. Yay, Matthew. Thanks for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. You're no stranger to this room. I'm not. But Wait, I'm not a stranger. Yes, I'm not a stranger to this room. But we haven't, like this, I always talk with the podcast listeners about like the songs that are born at the story house. Yeah. Truth be told... There are songs that are born at the Story House, but then because you live in another part of town and we write a lot of songs together, you force me out of the Story House <laughs> and I have to drive Story House Mobile to the east part of Nashville, yes. East, Na east, east Nasty, East Nasty, which is where Jeff Pardo lives. Yes, and you're one of the only people that I will travel away from the Story House to go create with. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored um, <laughs> you get in your car and drive 15 minutes. So honestly, the only reason I had you on the podcast today was to find a way to force you. To here. make me to come here. Yeah. But let's talk about that for a second. The reason why I come to your house is, you know, as a producer and a writer, like you have equipment, mm -hmm. right? More so than I do. I'm, yep. I'm like a, you know, I'm more guitar, piano. Yep. You've got all the gear. Yep. And you've got a pretty sweet setup at your house. And that's what you need. You need to be in your element too, right? Yeah. I, sometimes it's helpful just to have my own, the tools I'm familiar with from a you know the the computer and microphones and so an artist, especially if we're writing with an, a different artist. Well, but you too, like do the ability to like go in my vocal booth and immediately start singing and just have me. It's dialed in. Yeah, it's just where I'm comfortable and I'm confident in what I'm hearing, which is as a producer, that's sort of the the baseline for where I can start judging like. Is, does this sound good or yeah. does this just sound loud or, you know, and it's not that I, it's not that I have no perspective other places, but it's helpful to sometimes be in my own environment. You've got that. it dialed in. Yeah. You also have the lighting dialed in. You have this really cool lighting yes. feature. That's like, um, the it's, hue. A, it's like a spaceship, the Phillips hue. That's lighting. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I redid, so a couple years ago, I redid my studio. My, my wife and I have lived in that house. We're in our 11th year. So I was in there for nine years when the, it just looked different. And two years ago, I felt like. I need to. I need this place to feel new again, but we're not moving. Right. So, the studio went back down to the walls, kind of the bare walls, and yeah. Then, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Niles uh, Company in Nashville, which does a lot of studios, kind of rebuilt it, 
and they do all this cool lighting stuff. So all of the all of the lighting all over the studio is all the hue lighting. So I can change all the colors. I can you know. Yeah, and we got to get it just right when I'm singing. That's like right. I need, but and the studio looks awesome. I would have gone with a hot tub instead of the automated lighting. But, fair, fair. Um, yes. But w- so let's talk about that for a second because like being at the story house, like I created this space because I've always been the kind of person that like, even when I was looking to buy a house, like I remember when I was trying to buy my first house in Nashville, I was looking at houses in East Nashville. Yeah. And I remember walking into like old houses and going, my first thought was, could I write songs in here? Mm -hmm. And I think my wife walks into a house and doesn't think anything about that. Right. right? And most people don't, your wife probably doesn't, but you walk into a space and go, does this feel creative? Right. I mean, so we built our house in East Nashville was kind of a crazy situation we we found out there was this empty lot that is now our house that was owned by my next door neighbor miss mary who has lived in her house since 1968 she's the grandma of the street she owned both lots sold and then sold this lot that our house is on to this builder and we just happened to find out about it at the right time but one of the decision makers was oh this is a deep enough lot and it works within our budget that we can build the studio i mean right. that that was a decision maker for the house. Yeah, it's like our, our our home business. Yes. Like, but then the ambiance inside, it it does matter, doesn't it? 100%. Like, I don't know that my wife, like I always joke with Emily about for years, like the tiniest room in the house was the room where I would, that was my music room. Yeah. And I would always joke, like this tiniest room has to pay for the rest of the house. Like, <laughs> yes. So that's why like yes. the story house was born, like for once, let me have like the space. Yeah. And, the, and to walk into a space... Uh, it's it probably sounds weird from an outside perspective to go wait you need the lighting to be right to create right and the reality is we've written on tour buses we've written we can write anywhere but there is something special about having that space dialed. oh man yeah and 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 i think especially in my role too as a producer working with just a lot of different artists like i really want artists to come in and feel immediately at home and that it's a safe space and it's a space that they want to be in yeah and that they're comfortable singing in and comfortable being their authentic selves. And, yeah. so, and, and you know, it's all part of my, I think, feel like part of my job and my role is to help people feel comfortable being vulnerable and opening up because that's where the songs come from that are the songs that the world connects with. That's the good stuff. And, and, and I think aesthetic matters and I think space matters in the environment you create either, I mean, and, and that's not even, I think unique or specific to artists. We all know what it feels like to walk into a house or a restaurant or a place where you kind of go, something is a little off about this. And even if you can't put your finger on what it is, yeah. it does something in your spirit. Yeah. And then we know the opposite too of walking into a space where you go, man, I feel really at home here. Cracker I feel barrel. like I can <laughs> cracker barrel. Yeah. <laughs> you know that feeling where you like, it. I need a nap. And I, <laughs> I'm going to sit on a rocking chair outside. But there is, like, there's something about, like, you know, like being on the road, which, you know, for the listeners who don't know, our friendship began long before we were writing songs. Yeah. You were a member of the band. Yeah. We toured together for how many years? Five. A little over five. years. And you were basically band leader, keyboard player. You play multiple instruments, but on on tour you focused. Yeah, it was all keys. On keys before Mm -hmm. coming off the road, focusing wholeheartedly on writing and producing. So we've had, we've lived a lot of life together. Totally. We've watched a lot of football together. That's totally true. We've made a lot of memories together. 
Guys, I get to tell you about the NIV Bible for Men. It's new from the Zondervan Bible Publishers. It's designed to help you connect with your identity in Christ. You guys know I write a lot of songs about the topic of identity because it is so important to make sure that our identities are firmly rooted in who God says we are. And the NIV Bible for Men is going to help you do just that. They've got some really unique features like myth articles that expose commonly accepted myths of our culture and refute them with God's word. Profiles of men and women of the Bible, so you go deeper into the character study. Notes that offer clarity into the attributes of God, so knowing who you are, where does that begin? It begins outside of yourself by knowing who God is. Questions for growth that you can answer alone, with a friend, or in a small group. Bibles offer the knowledge, strength, and clarity to navigate life's challenge with Scripture as your guide. It's available in hardcover or leather soft style, so it could be a great gift for uh, the men or man in your life. Find out more and order your copy at amazon.com slash rooted and flourish. That's amazon.com slash rooted and flourish. You talk about writing and working with a lot of other artists and bringing them into your studio space. Let's just talk a little bit about, let's list some of those artists. Like even on the charts right now, this moment, you've got songs that you've written or produced or both yeah. by uh, well so this week that we're recording this big daddy weave has the number one song haven't changes country. haven't changed everything that we wrote with mike so i've known mike for years he's been in that room multiple times at different records for him um i mean ann wilson has been there a lot the past couple of years micah tyler mm-hmm. um in a couple of weeks uh artist i love named riley clemens has a new record coming out we did her whole new record there um New artist named Caleb and John that I those guys are great. Yeah, have been there. Hallelujah, That's, feeling is their yep, single. Hallelujah, right feeling. Um, Kane, Kane. Yes, my gosh. Yes, I mean Kane's been there. I've worked on a lot of their new record. Um, Laura, uh, Laura Story. Um, I, I did a Christmas song. Not for Laura Story. Story Katie Nicole. Oh, Katie. That's yeah. what I meant. I was thinking God is God in the story. God is in the story. Jeff Laura, Farrow. Katie. Yeah, yeah. Katie Nicole. You wrote certainly. God is in the story. Yep. You're then, a writer on. Um, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I produced those songs for her. Massive song. Yep. Um, so you've had all of them over at your studio, yep. your writing, talking about being vulnerable. I think that writing session with Mike Weaver, who's been a guest on the podcast, yeah, I, that had to be one of the most vulnerable sessions mm-hmm. that you and I were like, I know we both felt really like privileged to be 100% in the room as Mike shared about yeah, the loss yeah, of his yeah. brother and yep. then a song like that is that's a perfect example and songs like a song like that does not does not happen if if an artist is not comfortable in a space mm-hmm. with the people he's with yeah or she's with emoting and being just here is my heart like that song doesn't happen yeah and and, and so and you're working with a lot of You'll always, one thing I've always noticed about you is you're not afraid to work with the up and coming artist either who hasn't like, you're not saying to your publisher, Hey, don't set me up to write with somebody unless, you know, they've already got hits. Yep. It's, you don't overlook the underdog or, or just the new, the unknown artist. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I hope it's, I hope I, I mean, I, I, I'd say I never will. I hope I never will. Because I think, I mean, I think it's two things. One is every artist, every producer, every songwriter starts somewhere. And it's like there there were people in my, earlier in my career that were like giving me opportunities that maybe I didn't totally deserve yet or wasn't ready for. But that's how, you know, like I, something Somebody came gave out you of a that. shot, yeah. yeah. 
And, and the new artist of today, the person who's writing their first round of songs, like it's weird how quickly I think perception goes. Katie, Katie's a perfect example of somebody who, you know, a year and a half ago, it's like this brand new artist, Katie, Katie Nicole. Nicole. And yeah. then you have a few songs in a row that are big and mean stuff to people. And it's like, well, she's not a new, a new artist anymore, you know, but, but if you don't, in my opinion, it's like part of my job is to make time, emotional, musical investments in people at the beginning. And and I love, Micah Tyler is a perfect example of this yeah. too, where Micah signed his record deal like nine in the morning one day, came to my studio at 10 in the morning. Hi, I'm Micah Tyler. I'm Jeff Pardo. We wrote two songs that day. The wow. first song we wrote was Never Been a Moment. And that was Never his first single. Yeah, and that was his that first was his single. First hit. That was my first number one song as a songwriter. Wow. And that's as new as you get. And and having his song out on the radio right now called Praise the Lord, like that's, you know, we're seven years. I mean, soon to be eight years. And, yeah. No, actually, no. I mean, in terms of how long we've been working together, it's eight years. Yeah, that's incredible. So I, I just look at it as I love being there on the ground floor with somebody. And then it becomes this relationship that ends up transcending just what you do musically together. Yeah. And you know? get to be a part of their creative statement from the beginning too. Yeah. And 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 there have you found artists to be loyal? Like you yeah. know I think as artists develop and they have more success, then they're pulled into different rooms and different relationships and and writing relationships can kind of ebb and flow. But what totally. I feel like is it says something about your abilities as a writer, but who you are as a person as well to see like those writers have success with you and they still come back yeah. and write with you years later, even like you said. With yeah. Michael. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think it's really important that an artist always feels the freedom to go where they feel they're being led to go and, and they shouldn't have false loyalty to somebody. It's like, if the Lord's moving me into a different creative season that involves different people, then that's what you should do because yeah. that's where your best that's stuff's part of be it made. too. Yeah. But I do think, I do think, um, you know, it's really important to me that artists feel like I'm listening to them and that they're being served by me and what they need and what they want mm -hmm. and that I don't come into it with an agenda that's more about what kind of song do I want to write, what kind of record yeah. do I want to produce. Yeah. And, and hopefully uh, that care, and I, I mean, it's really important to me, like that, that, that care I have for the process with them, I think that probably does create loyalty um, but it's really just because hopefully their art, true artistic heart is being served by working with me. Yeah, not absolutely. like because Jeff writes hit songs like like no, that. Right, that's right. gonna that's gonna come and go. And I think I think it comes back to the safe space too. I that's mean, it. Just like there's yeah. a comfortability and like going, hey, I I enjoy that experience. I enjoy that person. We're friends. Yep. And, and I like seeing artists be loyal like that. And it's interesting what you say. And, about, and I think you make me. Uh, so I'm, inter I'm interrupting the host. No, you shouldn't do that on the phone. <laughs> but not I think a good host. I, I do think that the more music you make together over time, the better you get. Yeah. And I think it's for artists and producers like that when you when you get through that kind of like get to know you season creatively, yeah. you're starting from a from a place of 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 comfort and of confidence. And I think it leads to better music. And, yeah. and, I, and I think that happens over time. Yeah, you know? and I, I think your story, what, what I was thinking about before you interrupted me was <laughs> um, I was thinking about how you were saying like every artist needs someone to like 
make an opportunity for them, right? Yeah. To like, and what's interesting is I think people's perception in in Nashville in the music industry, and this happens probably all across life, is if they know you as one thing, it's hard for them to see you as another, right? Right. And so even like I've it's funny because you talk that. about that with other young artists, and you're making space for the unknown artist and believing in them and giving them a shot. But it's also like your story is a story of perseverance as a creator, producer, and writer. Yes. And like you started you know, live musician on the road with me. And it's for years, like I saw you in that light of like band member, super talented, great piano player. But I never really like saw you as songwriter, producer. Right. And then as time passes, you start to see like the, and it's probably the, you start to see yourself more in that light. Yeah. Others see yourself in that light, but your story was not a quick like catapult to success man so like, my, no my, let's talk about that just a little bit like obviously you grew up in the chicago suburbs yeah i grew up in town called arlington heights some diehard cubs fan diehard bears fan don't like the white Sox at all you, think, you do have to pick one yeah well yeah, if you don't pick one how can i trust anything but you're the kind of fan who believes every year is the year yeah I, I mean i i do like i feel like i text you I feel like you text me before football seasons about the Bears and are basically I text you negative. You text me negative, and I'm like, buttons. no, man, listen. This year, this Justin is, Fields. This is we're going into year three. This is the this is you the know, year. and I've been saying that for 15 years. And I'm always way more pessimistic, but yeah. I just like to get you. But histor- you're more pessimistic, but more historically correct. Thank you. <laughs> so were you? I mean, obviously family discovered a musical gifting in you from an early age yeah i started it's kind of funny my best friend growing up was a guy named steve green steve started playing piano before i did and part of the reason i started playing piano and i was more into sports he was always a good like we'd play baseball together and stuff but i was like more into it he started playing piano a year before i played piano and i was like oh i'm gonna play piano and by our senior year in high school he was the quarterback of the football team and you and I was the the music kid. I was the one writing songs and like doing my own recording and and all that stuff. It was like a total flip. But yeah, so I started playing piano in third grade, and and I uh, I started writing songs pretty quickly. Like probably by fifth or sixth grade, I was pretty consistently just fooling around with melodies and words and learning how this stuff worked. It just felt very home for me very fast what was like what was the music you gravitated towards at my, a young age okay so the first two albums i ever owned were given to me by my mom and my joke is that they basically explained my whole career was michael w smith go west young man wow and billy joel river dreams okay and so the piano thing it was like the combination of these piano artists and christian music christian music was very you know uh, formative for me all through high school. So when I when I moved to Nashville and I, I went to, so moved to Nashville, went to Belmont University, which is like the school for the music that feeds lot of the people, music industry. Yeah, a lot of people come. I mean, to, it's, to it's, Nashville via Belmont. You yes, know? yeah. But I moved here thinking I wanted to be an artist because I and I, so I like made a couple records on my own in high school and thought I wanted to sing my own songs, like singer songwriter yeah, records. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, and, and it was very inspired by. Michael W., Stephen Chris Chapman, Jeff Moore, like all these guys who I was listening to in high school going, oh, man, I love making music. I love writing songs. I love singing. One of the interesting things about Belmont, I've said this to many people over the years, is, you know, it's great to be in Nashville. All the all the stuff that they provide for, you know, for students and the, the way those relationships happen is really important, opportunities, all this stuff. But one of the best things is the feedback you get that you didn't really ask for. 
Hmm. And it's not even like, tell me what you think. It's just seeing the way people react. What I noticed when I was at Belmont my first two years was when I was playing keyboards with other people, when I was in the studio with other people, like working in student studios with other people, when I was writing songs with other people, other friends were coming around and going, okay, can you come play keyboards for me for my showcase? Or can you help me in the studio with my vocal? Or can you write a song with me? When it was Jeff the artist, the feedback was almost always like, yeah, I mean, that's okay, whatever. Interesting. But can you, can you come play keyboards for me? And there, the first like real gig I got was playing with this band called Denver and the Mile High Orchestra, oh, yeah. which came out of Belmont. It was a big band. I remember that. Yeah, Denver was the band leader. And so seven-piece horn section, four-piece rhythm section. In fact, he texted me a week ago. Really? Out of the blue, Denver did. That's he, amazing. He had some friends who were coming to a show and he wanted to get some tickets oh, for. that's awesome. But yeah, I, that's I small totally world right remember. There. I forgot you were in Denver. Yeah, in I played with Denver for a long time before I played for you. And that... That band came out of Belmont, and I met um, two of the guys in the horn section. They were seniors at the time, and I, I got placed as a freshman into one of the like upper jazz combos. I, I played a bunch of jazz in high school. And so I met them my freshman year. I started being Denver's like sub-keyboard player. This guy named Ben Shive was his keyboard player at the time, who, who's, who's played for Andrew Peterson for 20 years. Yeah. He wrote, Is He Worthy? He's great. But I became Denver's main keyboard player my sophomore, junior, I think it was the end of my sophomore year. And that was the moment. And it, and it really was this Lord-led thing where I felt it was like, Jeff, if you keep holding on to this dream that you've had, uh, you're going to miss the bigger thing. And so I remember kind of laying down Jeff as the artist, and it felt like this little death. You know, It felt mm. like, oh, I'm letting go of something that I've thought about for a long, long, long time to embrace something that I don't know fully what it means yet. Wow. You know? But I, I think in, I mean... I didn't know that part of your story. Like we've known each other for a long time, but I don't I don't think I ever knew yeah. that. Yeah, it was I mean, it was significant, but but very quickly it became evident that it was like, oh, this is what I was actually made for, you know, and I'm not I'm not made to be the person at the front of the stage. I'm the, I'm made to be the person at the back of the stage that's helping mm. equip the person at the front of the stage mm. to go out and feel confident in what wow. they're doing. And so I really like, you know, I think with any of our careers in any it's not just about music, but it, at any point in your life, you can always, like, if you trace back, there's these anchor decisions that, like, lead to, here, oh. okay, the fork in the road is now going this way. And Big then there's time. other branches that come, but it's like, if this hadn't happened here, oh, 100%, yeah. this decision that led to this whole other way of living my life that I didn't know was going to happen, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. You know, because I would have held yeah. on too long to like, I want to be an artist. And I would have missed these other relational kind of what became foundational spots in my career. Or you would have had your own podcast and I'd be a guest well, on Well, or yours. that, or you'd be on my <laughs> podcast as the guitar player. How long after you graduated from Belmont University did you begin to like think, I want to be a full-time songwriter. Yeah. I want to go get a publishing deal. So I probably started really pursuing that like two years after I graduated. Okay. And, I, and again, it was like, I didn't totally understood, stand, understand what that meant. Like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to get a publishing deal. I'm going to be a full-time songwriter. But I mean, I'd written songs my whole life and I, and I knew I was falling more in love with making records and like working on different independent records with artists and like starting to hone that craft a bit. Um, so, I mean, I signed my first publishing deal. It would have been the fall of, I think, 2007. Was that with um, the publisher that you're still with today? Or was no, that, that was with Simpleville. 
simple. That's right. Duh. Yeah. Which was my, your my brother. brother. <laughs> yeah. Joel. I, I totally sign, sign, Yeah. So well, I met you. So here's a, another one of these things where like I was get so the, the publisher I'm with now, I've been with, I'm in my 12th year, I think is capital CMG. They're a big Christian music company. I almost signed there before I met Joel. I met Joel and was like, I need to sign. I need to be with this guy. I like his vision and all this. Yeah. Joel left his position at Simpleville right a year into my deal to start managing you right. in the season where you guys were working together, which is how I got connected with you. That's because right. then Joel was like, "Hey, Matthew need." I mean, I've told a few people, "It's like oh, Matthew needs a keyboard player for like ten shows." So I agreed to play ten shows, and I stayed for five years. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but again, all these little things where you trace it back and you go, yeah. "Well, this." This decision to not sign with Capital, yeah. I ended up playing, meeting, and playing for you for five years. And like, and and the reality is, playing your songs on stage in front of people was helpful for me as a songwriter because you were a lot further ahead in your career than I was, and I was learning like form <clears throat> or just. I think more heart and emotion, like watching what people really connected with. I thought you were going to say you learned how to put woes in a song or something. I, well, that too. <laughs> Just add some woes and maybe it'll be a hit song. These nonverbal yes. <laughs> sounds that Playing I Playing Hello, My Name is for, <laughs> you know, 200 times or whatever. Hey, did you guys know that most children's vitamins have some unhealthy stuff in them? It's like, a, you know, the old song, Just a Spoonful of Sugar. A lot of unhealthy chemicals and other gummy junk in these vitamins that growing kids really shouldn't eat. And that's why Haya was created, H-I-Y-A. It's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. Most ch children's vitamins are filled with 5 grams of sugar, and they contribute to a variety of health issues. While Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, and yet it tastes great even for the picky eaters in your life. It was formulated with the help of nutritional experts. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, and zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration. Who doesn't need help in that, right? It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine it's designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Your kids are going to love it. Trust me on this. Haya is a healthy way to make sure you're getting the vitamins and all the nutrition that you need. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order to claim this deal. You must go to Haya.com slash West. It's not available on their regular website, so go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash West and get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to turn into healthy adults. Check it out. That's crazy. So then, okay, 2007, you signed your first publishing songwriting deal. Yep. Do you remember how long it was when it, until you got your first uh, song Recorded by somebody. Well, so I came into that deal again. You had a song random, recorded. Yeah, so I'd worked a lot with a guy named Josh Wilson as an yes, independent artist. Of course, we love Josh. Yeah, when he signed his record deal, um, I kind of came along with that as like, oh, he's this new songwriter guy, and that's how I. I mean, I don't know who connected me with Joel, but it would have been Josh would have been part of that. Like, yeah. Oh, Jeff's this Jeff guy. Okay. But I also met. Uh, a girl named Francesca Battistelli. Right. Josh introduced me to her at a Panera Bread. 
and you totally had totally random. And it, I wrote a couple songs with her before I had. You had a, a deal. big Christmas song with her, I think, didn't you? Yeah, we we we've, we've had a couple together. We wrote a song called Messiah that did, yeah. did really well, and then a song called Behold Him. Yes. Um, but I had a couple songs on her very first album. Again, it's been which was a big seven, album, big album. Yep. Um, and again, I mean, I, I met Franny in a Panera before she became Francesca Battistelli and yeah, this yeah, yeah. big new artist and all that stuff. And as you've developed in your career, obviously you get more opportunities. You had the chance to write songs outside of contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. You've written uh, like one of my favorite singer songwriters, Ben Rector. Ben Rector, yep. You've written, uh, I need to have him on the show. Let's get him. Let's get him. Let's He'll be get better. Him. Let's yeah, get, get Jeff get out. Get me here. out. Get Ben in here. Um, but you've uh, there's a great song you wrote. Well, several with Ben. Two are my favorites. Um, there's so much my favorite that I you, can't think of what. That's they right. Are. No, you love like this. Is Never known a love yeah. like that's, that's, this. Yeah, great. And that to me is as as much as people know Ben Rector, they're like, oh, that's quintessential Ben Rector. Yeah. But knowing you, I'm yep. like, that's quintessential Jeff Pardo. I'm the, the keys. The, the funny thing about working with Ben, and I think Ben would say this too, because I'm a piano player and he's such a great piano player and we kind of see the world similarly um, when it comes to the like the musicality of a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, he... I, there's 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 probably lyrics and and musical things that people would assume was like oh yeah that's so Ben Ben definitely wrote that and it was like that was actually me sitting at the piano <laughs> right. and just trying to but again I, I, that's part of my calling it's like inhabit these artist worlds like like try to be a chameleon and speak authentically for isn't being a chameleon like a big part of it to yes. to work with multiple artists because if you write with multiple artists and you only have your thing that you do. I'm not like that. I'm not. That's not going to last long either, because mm-hmm. the artists need their identity needs to be what is at the forefront. Yes. So it's so true. But the Ben the Ben thing is unique just because we both play piano in similar ways, there, and so we can sort of sit down and just pick up where each, where yes. each other left. Y'all off. need to be writing more because I feel like there's a magic when you guys write songs together. I agree. But so what I was getting at is you've had the chance. You've had songs in uh, commercials. Mm-hmm you know, film and television, just kind of behind the scenes doing lots of different things. But you always come back to Christian music. I do. What's the what's the motivation behind that? I think it's just always felt like home for me. And and there was a period in my career, probably five or six years ago, where I was really more actively exploring, oh, what what should I write more country songs or should I write more, try to write more pop songs or should I, you know. But I, Christian music was always so formative for me, like I said earlier, and, and it's just... Uh, I, I've I've said a few times I think, you know, if if a if a career is like a tree, you have to have something that's the trunk of the tree, and like Christian music has always been the trunk of the tree for me. Mm. And I think there's branches that have come from that, but but so many of, of even those have been rooted in a relationship that I had within Christian music. That then somebody introduced me to this other person that was outside of Christian music. But even they look at they looked at my work and were like, "Oh yeah, you do you do a lot in Christian music." It's just always felt like where the Lord's called me to, you know, plant my seeds. Talk about moments where being behind the scenes as a writer and a producer, you're not always getting to experience the impact um, that a song might be having, other yeah. than looking at oh, it's number one this week or it's on yep. the charts or whatever. But I always feel like when people ask me like why do you do christian music it's like i i can say man i get a front row seat to see how christ-centered music and lyrics like impacts people's yep. lives on a different level than 
than other music. Yeah. Music is a powerful thing, period. Totally. You know what I mean? But there's just, I've never had, I always joke, like, no offense to Scotty McCreary, but I've never had anybody tell me, like, hey, that song about summertime that you wrote with Scotty really changed my life. Like, it got yeah, me through it. Got yeah. me through a hard time. It, totally. No, maybe had, maybe had a good day at the beach that day, and that yeah. song was part of the soundtrack. That's cool. That's great. But, like, there's just a different level where I feel like you kind of get ruined a little bit for ordinary. But talk about being behind the scenes and not always getting that first hand. Are there moments you can remember or think of one moment where you've been – you have you've been given a front row seat yeah. to see one of your songs performed or how it impacted a, a crowd. I, 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 I man, I mean, I feel like every time, honestly, every time I've gone because I don't get to a lot of shows either because artists are out on tour and they're not always playing in Nashville. I know we went to um, you and I took the tour bus to an oh, Ann, Ann Wilson show. I, I mean, I could talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> with casting crowns and and seeing people. It was the first time I'd seen her perform My Jesus. Yeah. And again, I mean, yeah, you said it right. Like I like I'm on the periphery of like of of what's actually happening. Right. I hear like, oh, people are streaming this song a lot and it's doing this on the radio and all that. Seeing people in a room sing it and how they just all their voices got louder on that song, you know? I mean, it 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 it's important for me to experience those moments that it's like, oh, these songs I, they're not just going out into the void. I'm just not there for the 140 dates a year that, yeah. a, that an artist is out there singing yeah. it. Um, and you probably get to hear from the artists themselves as well about oh, man. the impact made. And yeah, I, and, and 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 artists are, you know, I'll have some, sometimes people will send me a story or tell me something somebody said to them on the road about a song. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's really, it's affirming and it's uh, it's inspiring to keep doing it. Yeah, that it's like it's real people having very real reactions in their own lives to these yeah. to these things that we make. And I think it's important for like the people who like even who listen to this podcast or listen to these artists' music to know like the people behind it. Sure, and yeah. to see yeah. that like that's why I was excited to have you talk about your process and your why because it's like to see that the people behind it who are making it. Uh, are they're just as determined to put something into the world that's going to impact people? Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. not just a job. It, it, yeah, we treat it like a job in terms of our work ethic, and mm -hmm. nobody works harder than than you, except for me, maybe. But, um, <laughs> but you. So, talk about your your weekly. I just want people yeah. to understand how hard you have to work in order to achieve what type of success you're achieving sure. right now. But like, give us uh, your average week. I would say the average or my ideal average week is I'm writing two songs a week. That's maybe all. three because of the I'm producer. Pro doing like, well, yeah, no, but you don't have to. Kidding, you don't have to I'm sit kidding. there and put the vocals together. Yes, like, that's what I want to get. Yeah, at. I mean, so so as a producer, like most of on almost every song I write, there's a there's a, a musical track building element to making a demo of a song and that takes time, you know, like, so I, I, my ideal weeks are I'm writing between two, maybe three songs a week. And the other, the other days in the week are set aside for just me working by myself or working with musicians or whatever, kind of making, I might be working on a record for somebody. Yeah. I might be working on the demo of the song I just wrote, but kind of me in the studio making progress right. on those things because I, I don't like the feeling of getting really behind on things yeah, because that's creatively yeah. deflating to and me. And that's where your skill sets allow you to be involved in uh, the 
song's progression from start to finish as yeah. a not just as a writer but as a producer where yep. a guy like me i'll come in i'll write the song with y'all yep and then i'm i'm going to write another song out. that's right and yep. you're and you're going i gotta yeah i've seen the the work that goes into it and yep. i want nothing i want no part of that yeah it's just a different <laughs> gift that you know and like everybody needs everybody i mean i i, I and i love i do love the you know, the transformation, the feeling that happens seeing a song start with just playing the piano and then become, yeah. you know, I mean, right before I came over here this morning, I was, I'm working on this Christmas song and I got these background vocals back from a great background singer who sang, and I put them in the track and I'm just like, this is, Amazing. I love music, yeah. you know, just that feeling of, 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 of seeing the record part of it come together. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, and it, so it does mean that I'm writing less songs than I probably could, but but I'm yeah I'm deeper involved than yeah. most of them, and, and you maybe get burned out if you you know what I mean. If it wasn't, I mean, I think the fact that you're able to see a song from start to finish gives you a greater understanding when you go write another song. Yeah, like just the just the depth of understanding. And again, I mean, it goes back to like being deeply involved with these artists that give me an opportunity to be deeply involved yeah. with them. Yeah, like I want to be in the weeds on that music and really making sure everything yeah. is as good as it can be. It's. Speaking of being in the weeds, it's funny because I was thinking as we're talking, I was like, this is a fun conversation where like we get to kind of geek out a little bit and go into the weeds about the yeah. the writing process. And hopefully it's enjoyable for the, the listener as well. If you've ever wondered how these songs are made. I was thinking about a lot of times when we write, you can play guitar and stuff too. And you'll pick up a guitar and start writing. And I'll always be the one who gives you a hard time going... Play, play piano. Play you're piano. better at piano. Well, just because yeah. you're such a good uh, good piano player that it's and you can do it all, but it's like when when you there's chord progressions you'll come yeah. up with. So I always joke with you. So I was thinking, like, how can I get Jeff to play piano on the podcast today? And then I was it hit me. We have a segment most weeks called Songs from the Story House, and I was like, that could I'll be play it. Piano. We could do songs from the Story House live from the Story House. And yes, maybe you hit the piano yes. gently. Um, very loudly and right. um, Dennis Quaid was here a few weeks ago and he you remember he played uh, uh, Every, Great Balls of Fire remember that movie he yeah. did Jerry Lee Lewis yes. he walks in he sees the piano he goes oh that's a nice piano I didn't know he really played he sat down so and just started ripping into Great Balls of Fire and he played and he played, he played. It. I was like dude he's like yeah I learned it for the movie I was like holy cow pretty crazy that's incredible I think he's like yeah it's amazing what you can do when you're on cocaine <laughs> <laughs> that's not what he said but he did say that he went to cocaine college yeah that's amazing um okay so i was thinking we could uh i just want to hear you play a little bit yeah we'll, we're gonna step into songs from the story house so we're gonna head over to the piano songs from the story house live with jeff pardo what should we do a little bit of uh i think we should do me on, me on your mind me on your mind since we wrote that together and it's a piano-y thing and we wrote that at jeff's studio yep. so i talk about the ideas were born at the story house yep uh, born here and then on a walk with my wife i took it over to the studio with jeff and ann wilson the three of yep. us were writing for ann's record yep we finished a song that day and at the end of that day i brought up this idea feeling yep. like i just this song needed to be written so this yep. was the second song of the day that yep. was, i don't even think the first song has ever been heard no i don't think it has either so this song was the song we wrote at the end of the day Yep. fell out pretty fast the piano i think when you hear that piano part once you hear jeff pardo play you're gonna be like oh okay because i can't play that good so uh let's play a little bit of let's that do it. all right yep
He's my dad. He gives good advice, and that's why we're closing out today's show with Dad Advice. Check out the theme song. He is my dad, and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Advice. Dad, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Will you send us out with some uh, just some belly laughs from a dad joke and then maybe redeem yourself with some spiritual wisdom? Okay. I got a good one. Why did the pumpkin lose the boxing match? He let his gourd down. Okay, that's oh, you got good. it. Yep. You got it. All right, going to zero in on two words today, uh, Matthew. Exceedingly. Uh, I just understood abundantly. the joke. Did you just get yeah, it? He let his gourd. Okay. Yeah, yeah he let his good. gourd down. That All right. A, that was a uh, that joke needed to <laughs> simmer a little bit. All right. So what are we talking about? Can you imagine how many people are laughing right now? How oh, many men tens, need it? Tens and tens. How many wives need to be encouraged yeah. by that joke? Yeah. All right. Um, going to uh, go up over your song, How Good of God. And I've mentioned it before. And you close out your uh, tour tours and concerts and looking forward to the Fall uh, tour, yeah. Tour ahead. Um, looking forward to meeting a lot of people. But how good, how good, how good of God, my heart can't help but see. How good, how good, how good of God to be so good to me. Uh, Matthew, remember when you were a, a child and you'd come up to me and ask me for something, um, a gift or just something that you would need? Yeah. And, uh, you, know, you know, it was my heart's desire to get you that and also just go above and beyond. When you asked for a baseball bat, I just didn't give you any bat. I gave you an aluminum bat the that best, was guaranteed yeah, to hit home. home runs. That's right. So I, I gave you the best. And I'm sure you feel that way about your girls when they come yeah. up and ask you for things. You not just want to give it to them, but you want to give them something special and oh, you go yeah. above and beyond. So I want us to consider Three things, how God blesses us uh, even more with exceeding abundantly those words. One, God's power is not limited. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. He is all-powerful. Our key verse for today is Ephesians 3.20. Paul writes this in prison. 
He says, not now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly be beyond all that we ask or think according to the power, to his power at work in us. The word exceedingly means to a, to a very great degree, exceptionally, tremendously. The word abundantly means large quantities, plentiful. God's power is not limited in any way. And sometimes in our minds, sometimes the devil can whisper and say, God can't do this one. But God's power is never limited. Two, he plans to go overboard in blessing each one of us. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Mm. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And here's one commentary. It says, in biblical days, when grain was measured out to a customer, it was common for the customer to sit with their basket in their lap, and it would be measured out to them. It was customary that they would fill the basket until it overflowed. Then the vendor would shake the basket, press it down, and repeat the process until the grain literally overflowed again into the customer's lap. This is exactly how Jesus wanted us to visualize his blessing to us. Not just adequate, but overflowing. And thirdly, open your arms and receive. Ask in faith, believing. What was the end of our key verse that Paul wrote in prison? He wrote, according to his power at work in us. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly according to his power that works in us. Let your faith soar. Ask and then open wide your arms in faith believing. Get ready for a downpour. Jeremiah 3.3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. My dad advice for today is to realize that God is all powerful and whatever you need him to do for you, he already knows. And he's able and planning to go at exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what you can even ask or think when you dare to believe. Begin to see God's blessings in your life. That's awesome. Thanks, dad. Hey, that's our show for today. I want to thank my buddy Jeff for joining me here at the Story House. It was so much fun to talk about all things music and Christian music. And uh, just he's incredibly talented. And now you can have a face with the name and uh, know that behind some of your favorite songs that you hear on the radio or wherever you listen to music, there's a good chance he's had some part in that song. It's pretty cool to see. So thank you guys for joining me week in and week out. Um, thanks to my dad and our ministry, Pop We is here to serve and love on you. We'd love to hear your story of what God's doing in your life. If you've always thought, I want to tell my story, but I don't know how, we want you to know that your story matters. You can go to popwe.org today. You can share your story. You can write it down or send a video. You can also send us a prayer request. We've got a prayer network that would love to lift you up every week. Whatever you're going through, we just want you to know that you're not going through it alone. Uh, lastly, every Thursday, I send out a weekly email devotional called Day One Devos. And have you signed up for that yet? I mean, maybe you didn't even know about it. Well, you can sign up now at uh, popwe.org, P-O-P-W-E.org. Sign up and you'll start receiving. It's just a gift from me to you. I write it out of my own quiet times, just a little reminder for you to spend some time with Jesus because that's how to live the most fulfilling story with your life is by reading the greatest story ever told. So speaking of story, it's your story for his glory, and I'll see you next week.